run at it shouting. Do as he says, run at it shouting. We have uh, Ian Guinea here, um, who um, is with PW Productions, a prolific West, um, a pr- prolific producer of West End shows such as The Woman in Black, which I went to see, and it was terrific. Um, and it's great to have you here. Thanks for um, taking time out to do this. And, and I'll pass over to you because you can explain what you do a little bit better than I, I can. Yeah, sure. So uh, we're PW Productions. Peter Wilson uh, established the company in 1983. So we're probably one of the uh, oldest production companies in the West End. Um, and he uh, very cleverly found The Woman in Black in 1989 and put it into the West End. Uh, then, then a couple of years after, he uh, took uh, the, an inspector calls from the National Theatre. And, and these are really two, inspector calls and the women in black are really two of our, our main titles. But what, what these shows enable us to do is to make, other, make new work, create a business around the fact that we have a regular income from a West End show and, and successful tours. Um, and so we, uh, in, in, I had worked with Peter, I was a production manager for Inspector Calls at the National Theatre and when it went into the West End, I, I worked with Peter on it then, which in 1992, 1993. And so I've known Peter since then. And uh, I did all sorts of different things. Uh, I, I was a production manager, I ran a set building company, and then around about 2000, I, I decided that I wanted to concentrate more on producing shows, really. And so so did that a bit for myself. And then in 2007, I went to the Curve Theatre, and like, oh, well, what, what was then? I, I, a hole in the ground in Leicester and um, was the executive producer for through the opening of Curve and up until 2013 and that was a very very tough time for me but an incredible learning process and and, you know we we made it a success in the end it was really tough Um, and I but I'd had enough really of the subsidized sector by then and I and I suggested to Peter that I should come and work with. We should be working together, uh, and and sort of reinventing PW Productions a little bit, and and trying to yeah, you, you get the titles, get the two big titles, Women in Black and Sweat to Calls, around the world, and exploit them so that we could do the work that we like to do, which is theatre show drama predominantly, um, and we like. We're like working with nice people. It's nice when we make money, but we quite often lose money. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, we don't need to make a lot of money as long as we can do what it is we enjoy doing. And that then segues into having an office full of really skilled and, and talented people, the seven of us here, and it means that as well as our own shows we can we can manage just about anything in terms of live performance but it it, it is theater so so in the last 
in the last couple of years, we've had uh, three tours in America. We've had a show off Broadway. We've had, uh, I mean, when, when, when we locked down, we were managing or producing seven productions, which were Inspector Call's tour, Three Women in Blacks, um, The Last Ship, in the last ship tour of America, Sting's musical, um, the jungle that was um, Stephen Dodge's and Good Chance Theatre's production. We were managing that to go back to New York, and we had just got the contract to manage Dirty Dancing, which, in fact, the 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 day Germany locked the day Germany locked down, uh, we'd had a performance of Dirty the first performance of the European tour of Dirty Dancing on the Thursday night, and we shut. On the Friday, so that we we had a, we had as well as our little core team here, we had 180 freelancers and artists, actors, musicians uh, all around the world. Um, so yeah, I mean we're we're sort of jobbing producers, and we you know we invest in new work. You know that's one of the things we like to do and try and make it into successful. You know we're we're always looking for the next Women in Black or the next Inspector Calls or whatever it might be. And um, we produced uh, a production called Nigel Slater's Toast, which ran at the palace, the, the other palace for a while, and then did a tour. Uh, we lost our shirts on that, unfortunately, but it was a really nice little show. And also we do rubbish shows, you know, occasionally we make a mistake and we go, that was terrible. You know, we did a show a year and a half ago with uh, the writer James Graham uh, called Sketching at um, Wilton's Music Hall. And it was such a wonderful idea. And they came to, James and the director came to us with this absolutely brilliant idea of getting eight brand new writers to write different scenes. And James would you know, mould it into a wonderful, interesting James Graham-esque piece of work and it just didn't work. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's, that's what we do. And, you know, everybody's still friends, but that, that, that's, that's a little potted history of, of what we do at PW Productions. Great. And, and you just touched on it there briefly, but how did you personally get started? I I had really inspiring drama teachers at school who, when I was about 16, said, oh, I'd said, oh, I, I joined the youth theatre and I really enjoyed it. And I said, I'd maybe like to be an actor. And, and they said, you'd make a really good stage manager. So that, that was the, that was the very, that was the best single piece of advice I've ever had from everybody. And, uh, and they were right, actually. I mean, they were right in that. What they said was, if if you, so I I I, I have I come from a long line of joiners and cabinet makers, so I, I'm kind of handy in that respect. So uh, they said, you know, if you get go to a good drama school as and train as a stage manager, you'll never be out of work. And and I haven't actually, but there's a there's a sort of ceiling to to stage management and you know the, the technical roles in theatre if it's really your passion then that's great but I, I suppose I was a bit more ambitious and and I went to Central School of Speech and Drama which was brilliant and uh, and got a secondment at the National Theatre and and 
I was really lucky with the people I met and about six months after I left college, I, I was the assistant production manager for the Littleton Theatre. And I did that for two years and uh, it, it was, uh, it was such an attractive job that I thought I, I have to leave here. Otherwise I'll just be, you know, there are people at the National Theatre that have been there for 40 years. And I thought I, I'm, that can't be me. So I got that nice offer from somebody else. And, um, then through the 90s, did a lot of work with uh, Matthew Bourne in his early days and Stephen Daldry and um, who else? I, I did a lot of work abroad. I, I just really had a lovely, lovely time working. Um, but, but as a production manager, even, you know, the, you, you want to, you want to, I mean, I think one of the hard things for actors, and I, I say this to people, quite often is that you know as a as an actor you you go from job to job and every time you do a new job you've got a, you've got about 10 new bosses you know you've got the you've got the stage manager you've got the director you've got the producer you've got a choreographer you, you you've got all these people that are suddenly your boss and you might have been in the business for 20 years or 30 years and i, I think that that's so you know we're we try to having been in the business for such a long time and Peter is very much of this feeling as well we really try to not make it feel like that that uh, um, you know you're not being you're not just a member of staff actually if it wasn't for for actors we wouldn't we wouldn't have jobs and but you know as a technician as a production manager you you if you are ambitious you want to you get sick of people being rubbish at producing, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And you, and so you think, well, and, and people say to you, well, do it yourself. So then you do, and, uh, and it, it, it can be fun. You know, it's a great, it's, it can be a great job. It can be a really terrible, stressful, awful job, but on the whole, it's, 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 a, it's a nice thing to do. Mm, great. And I mean, um, you said, you know, you're always looking for that in new, um, new uh, woman in black and in, in yeah. the cause. But what advice would you give to those looking to, um, well, produce their first play or get their first play out there? What would be your advice? Um, I suppose... I suppose it, it, you've got to, if it's your really, if it really is your first thing that you're going to do, I, I, you've really got to want to do it. And I, I guess, and it's going to make, it's going to make in total sense to you. You know, if, it, it, um, if you're, if you're slightly unsure about it as a, as a piece of work or, you know, people produce plays for different reasons and, and that, that's, that's that that's made sort of more true by the way that our industry works in the UK, which is that there's a lot of work funded by the Arts Council, and um, what what quite often happens is that people do work because they're funded to do it, and you know, I mean. That that's that's just what happens. I think a lot. I think an enormous amount of the subsidised companies are fantastic, and they do, and it's very hard work, and they do brilliant work. But um, 
you've really got to, you know, first and foremost, if you're going to be a creative person and be a producer, you've really got to trust that it's the right thing to do um, and be absolutely, you know, be sure of your convictions. Um, and that, that could be as simple as, I, I just know this is going to work. And if you can persuade either backers or other artists or a venue that it, of that, then, you know, that's sort of half the job done. Um, uh, but, you know, the obvious, I, I suppose the obvious things, the things are money, you know, I mean, money is the, you know, how, how, how much can you afford to lose? And, and on the whole, people can't afford to lose anything. So therefore, you've got to make sure you're going to have enough money to, 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 to get the piece of work on um, and to, to fulfill your commitments to people. You know, I think, I think it's, it's, there's, there's so much, um, there's so many stories of people not get, doing a thing and not getting paid properly or people not, you know fulfilling their contracts um and you don't want to be one of these people because it's it's really hard then to to do something else if 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 you're passionate about producing and if you're passionate about putting stuff on and you've got to be very clear with everybody what the deal is and make sure you keep up your side of the deal i suppose yeah um so i mean is there a have you got any tips on how they could maybe attract funding? Um, would that maybe come with having a big name attached or how would you attract funding without a big name attached? Well, well I mean, we, uh, we survive on two shows that, that have never, I mean, arguably have never had a big name. You know, Ken Cranham was the name in Inspector Calls in 1992, but, but it, it doesn't, rely on a name um women in black has never had a name in it it's had people in it who have become names mm. but that that is the kind of um the whole that is the holy grail really you know it's exciting working with sting um but it's expensive and it's it, it, it brings with it a lot of other things and um, it, it's not you know court, courting we're not courters of, of stars really I mean we, it's lovely if we come up with a project and we go oh such and such would be good in that and they're interested um, but, but really I think the the key the you know if you're going to produce something it, some one thing peter will always say is is it needs to, peas need to be in a green packet so you know if you're going to do a type of work um you you need it to be in the right place and playing and you need to add you need to advertise it to the right audience and it, it, things need to make sense for for the for the audience, and you know, really, uh, audience audience is everything for us. There are there are some companies where audiences isn't quite as important um, uh, because because of funding or because they've been funded to do a specific type of work. But I mean, 
really for us the audience is the thing and you know if you're going to put work on one would assume that you want people to see it and really that's the basis of our business so you know we would always first and foremost say well so I, I think there's a there's a kind of there's a there's a slight chicken and egg you know will people buy tickets but I think sometimes you've got to be brave enough to go to say to yourself, um, I know that people will want to see it uh, as long as we can manage it properly. So, so, so you can't, not everybody, very, very few people can spend the sort of money we spend on our marketing, when marketing something. So a show like an inspector calls in the West End for a 20 week run, we will spend somewhere in the region of, three or four hundred thousand pounds just on marketing for that and uh the job that we know people want to see that show but our job is just to tell people it's on so so it's 30 years old or whatever it's 27 years old we know that well, there is an audience we need to make sure we get to the right audience if you're doing a piece of work that so so an example is that we did a show uh, some uh, six some years ago, uh, called "This Is Kaylee," and it was a it was a Kaylee basically with extraordinary Scottish musicians, extraordinary Scottish performers, but the audience danced. Uh, they, they got to dance for an hour and a half, and it was a wonderful, wonderful show. And we knew that people would love that show, and they absolutely loved the show. That there was no question we got brilliant reviews. However, we were on at the wrong time and the ticket prices were too high, we, we think. So we, did, so we lost a lot of money on it. Mm. And, you know, that, that's, that the, we made these mistakes. We didn't, I don't think we made many mistakes creatively, but we made mistakes from a, from a management point of view. And uh, my point is that the reason we took it to Edinburgh is that we knew people would want to go to this show, but we couldn't afford the marketing budget to tell them it was on. We couldn't afford hundreds of thousands of pounds of marketing. So mm. what we do is we try and use the Edinburgh Festival as a PR exercise and a marketing exercise, which, which sometimes works. Um, and, uh, so, so you know, you, you are investing money, but you have an opportunity to get that money back in ticket sales in Edinburgh. So, you know, you could be on a sort of break-even by the end of the Edinburgh Festival, and you've got a hit show. Uh, as it was, we were at a loss, and, you know, we, 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 the appetite from our investors was not great, I, I should say. You know, so... Um, you know, these are the breaks. So, so, so I suppose what I'm saying is a way to, to try and get in the side door of, of letting people know about your show, if you're convinced it's a show that people want to see, will want to see, is to, do, is to get it on in the Fringe, that, you know, get it on London Fringe, get it on in the Edinburgh Fringe, and get it on at a friendly regional theatre who you think likes that type of work. You know, when I was in Leicester, we um, we spent an awful lot of time working with uh, community group, not necessarily community groups, but community companies within the area, 
and indeed companies from outside the area who who were doing a type of work um, that we thought our audiences would like, you know. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, the, the example of the the successes are something like Jerry Springer the Opera. Which I don't know if I don't know, you know. I generally managed Jerry Springer the Opera back in two thousand two or three or whatever, and we took that to the Edinburgh Festival. It had been developed at Bassey Arts Centre, and we took that to Edinburgh Festival, and it completely sold out. Five star reviews all across the board. Uh, we then did a deal with the National Theatre. Uh, they wanted it. In, in fact, it opened uh, Nick Heitner and Nick Starr's tenure at the National Theatre. And they sort of conveniently claimed, claimed it as their show, ultimately. Um, and then we took it to West End and it was there for two years, I think. And really, uh, uh, and, that, and yeah, there was a fair amount of investment. But when you talk about, you know, developing a musical of that size... Uh, we we went into the West End, but, you know, we had only spent, and this sounds ridiculous, I suppose, but we had only spent about £300,000 by the time we were go- we we were planning the West End. And, and, and we knew we had a hit show by then. So, and that's, you know, that's extraordinary. And that was a, that was a pretty unknown guy called Richard Thomas who came up with that idea on an evening at Bassey Art Centre, which was called A Beer for an Idea. And somebody, and, and so he would sit there, he was a stand-up and he was a nice musician. And he would, uh, if you came up with a good idea for Richard to perform on stage there and then, you'd get a free beer. And somebody said, what about an opera about Jerry Springer? And he went, oh yeah, that's good. And he, and he, and he did five or five minutes. You know, improvised five minutes, and that and that became Jerry Springer the Opera, wow. and that's you know that's the kind of fantastic thing about our industry. You know, it's it is extraordinary in that respect. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, just lastly, before I I open it up to everyone, um, I just uh, was wondering how you go about selecting uh, a director and cast for that matter? Um, well, directors, what generally happens in, in, our, in our world is that um, very rarely do we produce anything that we think of ourselves. That's the truth. We, you know, we suck the life out of artists and we, you know, we, ex- we, we hear somebody talking about something and we say, oh, would you like to come and have a meeting about that? What I would say is that nobody writes to us, no, no actors, I mean, one or two a year, no directors, no writers. You would be amazed about how few people write to us just by saying hi, giving us their name, telling us what they're doing. Because what, what I will... What, what we would guarantee, if somebody asks to be considered for a part, they will be considered. Whether they're seen or not is, is another thing, but they will always go into a pile that would be, you know, so we, we occasionally get 
letters from um, actors about the women in black or about Inspector Calls. And, and I'll meet, you know, we meet people and we see people on stage and we go, mm, that, that would be a good Eric or that would be a good actor in the women in black. Um, and of course, people who we meet at parties or whatever say, oh, would you, you know, could you put me forward for, for the women in black? And, and so we always will. And we'll always put that, the CV in front of Robin, who's the director. And um, normally we'll see, we'll see, often we will see people. Um, but in, in, in terms of, and when people do come, so, so the sketching thing, for example, um, James Graham contacted us and said, oh, would you be interested in doing this thing? And we went, we said, yeah, of course, come and talk to us. We'll, we'll see if we can make it work. And, and from that point, you know, when somebody, when you know that somebody's got a project that, in our opinion, has a, has a real chance of, you know, being a good piece of work or a good project, um, we'll we'll invest time in it, and we'll usually invest some money in it, um, and you know, quite often we'll get to a stage where it's an uncomfortable conversation that is actually this isn't going to work, mm -hmm. so you know you you should go and speak to somebody else or or whatever, but but we rarely hire we rarely hire directors by going through the phone book if you see what I mean, it, 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 certainly directors and and. And lead creatives are almost always already linked to a project or, you know, somebody that we want to work with and we'd say, you know, have a think about, would you like to do something? We'd like to direct something. Um, actors, we'll always do a casting process. I, I mean, I say that, you know, for this next period, whatever it brings, um, we will, a, a, anybody who was in The Women in Black and I, in any of the three productions or anybody that was in Inspector Calls, pretty much will be, certainly all the principals will be offered the next role because the, the contracts were all cut short. Um, and so, so in that respect, we will we'll just we'll we'll offer these people the, the roles again. Um, but when we're starting anew, we, we'll we'll do a casting process, and sometimes it's a very long casting process. I mean, the last ship, for example, we were at it for ages. Um, uh, I mean, Jerry Spring the Opera when we did it, God. I mean, it took months and months and months to do that. And if you're doing a big musical, I suppose that I suppose the the I suppose the, the 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 problem is that there are so many really brilliant actors that you know the competition is is terrific, and we get we've got fantastic we've got fantastic choice. But um, you know, we're really happy to hear. Uh, I mean, I know I, I I spotted that Kristen has just arrived on the um, on the call, but we are very happy to you know our theory or our general relationship with actors is that when an actor works for us, we we are their employer, and the relationship is between us and the and our employee, and we are very capable of having relationships with actors, obviously. 
we uh, we will will always go through agents and we'll always deal with agents. Um, but I, I wouldn't. I, I would never stop an actor from writing to us directly. If, if an actor wants to get in touch with us, we're very happy to to to, to take the CV to you know speak to them. I mean, we'll meet if people want to meet us. We'll we'll try and meet as many people as we can. Um, uh, and and you know, on the whole, we would you know we don't we we, we have an influence when it comes to casting. But but really, you know, when you've got six or seven shows on you need the director to make these decisions. And, you know, when it comes to casting, we'll, you know, I sit in certain castings, but on the whole, we hire somebody and we trust them to do their job properly and to get the right sort of, um, to, to get the right person for the job. Um, so, so, you know, if, if an actor were to come and have a conversation with me about being cast in Spectre Calls or in Woman in Black, all I would say is, I will put your CV in the pile. And we will try to see you, um, or, or for that matter, you know any other show we do. Um, but uh, if if actors have, you know, we're happy we're happy to to take submissions from anybody. We've got a little system where they go in a drawer and they and they're you know and when we're casting something, they come out and people shoot through them, you know, because I think it's unusual if an actor is is that proactive. We that that's a that's a actor who's going to be you know certainly good at the basics of life and you know that helps us if we know that you know um that that's part of the challenge really that's that's really great to hear um and i just um ask quickly um would that be by would you, would you you say put it in a drawer would you expect it a a, a letter headshot cv or or email I, I, any, 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 okay. any of that. I mean, yeah, doesn't matter. I, I mean, I, e email is the most obvious one, and yeah. you know, you can, it's easy to find out how to get a hold of us. Um, and the team here are brilliant at going. You know, if if it, so, we've got an, uh, we've all got our own email addresses, but we've got a info at address, and you know, if something comes in, um, that's addressed specifically to me, it comes to me. And I read it, or if it comes in and says, "Please put me up," you know, "Please consider me for this." It goes into a pile that consider me for Kips in in uh, the Rune and Black, yeah, and we will, you know. I mean, honestly, there's no there's no mystery to that, you know. Um, I, I, you know, we 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 try to have we try to have a rule which is we like to work with nice people. Um, so you know the. Uh, yeah, and if somebody's taking the time to write a personal note to you, that you know, you want to, you want to, you want to uh, repay that. That it's, it's nice if people think we are worthy of their letter. You know. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Well, thank you, Ian. I'm going to open it up, um, and I'll go over to you, Jackie, first. Hi. Thank you for doing this. That's a familiar name. Ah. Full, full disclosure, <laughs> this is my wife. Are you asking about a domestic thing? Yes, I am. <laughs> didn't do the dishwasher. No, no. I'm I in the office. I, I'm too busy. <laughs> no, what I did want to know, and uh, so you have to answer in front of everybody, is, is to do with agents. And Uh-oh, your agent's on the line as well. 
I know. My agent is here. Uh, and, and the thing about, do you have, in general, so, okay, you've been saying it's nice for people to write to you, but if you're, for instance, with The Last Ship or with Jerry Springer, you were saying you had trouble, it took a long time casting it. <coughs> do you have specific, excuse me, it's not Corona. <coughs> do you have specific agents that you like to deal with? <laughs> or are you no, we, 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 I mean, there, I have specifically, there are specific agents we like, and there are some agents I will have lunch with from time to time because you've met them at a press night and you've gone, oh, uh, you know, you, oh yeah, we had, you know, so, and it's really good for us to have good relationships with agents because it's important that agents trust us to, uh, for what we are. And, it's important that we trust agents. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I want to know that if I'm speaking to an agent, that what I say to the agent is going to get back accurately to the actor or not, as the, you know, as the case may be, you know, uh, we, we expect agents to be sensitive about certain things. But we don't, I mean, I know that, I think I think this is probably more true of. I would thought this is more true of m musical producers. You know, we do musicals, but we're not a musicals producer, where they will, or, or or possibly casting directors who will, you know, they'll absolutely go to their list of ten or fifteen favorite favorite agents. Yeah. Um. Who 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 they know they. I mean, you know, the the um, the deal is here's here's the breakdowns. Don't send anybody to me. Anybody don't send me anybody that's not appropriate. You know, so, and that that is the transaction. And and you know, so so I, I think it's a it's a, it's a it's 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 a it's a sort of lazy. Yeah, it's a sort of lazy way to cast something. So you know. If you're a big musical casting director, you will send your breakdowns to everybody, of course, but your mates will send you the lists and they'll definitely be seen. And then the ones that aren't your mates, you know, the maybe we, you know, I think, I think that happens. And I think there's a sort of gate, there is a gatekeeper um, world that we, we don't really, we don't engage in that. We, we've no need to, you know, because we're not casting six musicals at a time. We're casting, uh, you know, we're, we're casting usually one show at a time. And we are, we are a small enough organization that if, if there's, we know the names of the cast, you know, we know that, you, you know what I mean? If, if you're, if you're, if you're a big, big producer, um, Who's the example of that? You know, let's say you're a company like ATG or, uh, you know, even Cameron Macintosh in some at some times. I don't think it's so much like that now, but they could be casting five, six musicals from around the you know for around the world, and you know you're going to give the job to a casting director that you trust, and the casting director is going to do the job, and they're going to do a good job, but it's it's not it's not necessarily a fair process. I don't think, you know. I just sometimes feel sorry for 
actors who are just going, how do I get in? How do I get seen for that? And is there is there some sort of secret that that producers and agents have got that and, and actors are just like at the very bottom of the pile, not knowing what's going on? It can be really frustrating. Um, well, <laughs> the reason I'm smiling is because this is exactly the sort of conversation that Jackie and I would have in our kitchen. <laughs> Fucking this, and the you know, and I would be really shouting, and we'd be going. Bah. So it's a, it's an incredibly frustrating thing, and um, I suppose what I'd say to to young people, people that want to get, get into a part of the industry that um, is like that is, a, and you know, let's call it a sort of factory sort of way of doing theatre. You you. The higher up the tree you can get in terms of a personal contact, the, 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 the more chance you've got of being seen. You know, I mean, somebody like Rufus Norris, for example, I, I, I know Rufus a little bit. And um, if you went to the National Theatre and saw Rufus in the foyer and had your CV and mm -hmm. connected to Rufus, I would really love to be seen for the thing that you've got coming up. I love this, to, you know, to, you, you, you can engage with Rufus Frank. Rufus will stand and speak to you and he'll take your CV and he'll probably give it to somebody in the casting department and say, we should see this person for something, you know. And it's a really t tricky thing to do and you've got to have a certain amount of balls to do that. But people are, pe these guys are like that. Um, you know, uh, if you get them at the right time, and I, I mean, I, I, I work with a, a director, an assistant, a director that works with us. I happened to, to be at the theatre with her and I introduced her to Rufus and within four months, she, she, had a, she was the assistant director on um, War Horse. Who was that? Charlotte. And, and, you know, it's, it's getting yourself in a place, you know, you've got to, I think you've really got to be out there and sort of pestering people, but not pestering people, you know, but, but really engaging with people um, as, as much as you possibly can and seeing stuff. And yeah. I know it's difficult yeah. and it's expensive, but, you know, just be in, the, be in the business as much as you possibly can and, mm -hmm. and build builds relationships with whoever you think is going to get you to the next to the next place you know I think I think that's how to do it but it's really difficult I mean it, it's I, I, it's really hard for actors <laughs> yeah thank you thank you um Jackie Jackie Knowles Jackie Knowles oh <laughs> Yeah. Um, hello, am I on? Hey, hi. Uh, nice to meet you and thank you for, for chatting to us all today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, yeah, I'm an actor, but it's not actually an actory question. It was more um, on the producing side, yeah. but not as a producer myself. You've sort of touched on this a little bit already with um, Charlie. So forgive me if it's repeating the same thing, but it was a little bit more specific. It was more, do you have any advice on if you've written something like Charlie mentioned, it was like a first time write, 
and it's not necessarily your area of expertise to want to produce it yourself but maybe to team up with somebody who would be able to assist you with that do you have any advice on how you could go about kind of teaming up with somebody just so so you've you have you written a play or are you going or yeah so it's a it's a play that i've written um so like i say primarily primarily i'm an actor but i just wrote this play purely for fun it was just something i really really enjoyed doing it was just a a creative outlet that i didn't have a specific goal in mind i was just really enjoying writing and sort of immersing myself in this little world yeah. but it's quite specific because it's a seasonal play it's a christmas christmas show okay um, and it's kind of it's there now it's kind of it's it's born so it's I kind of feel like it'd be nice to to do something with it right and yeah and I've had a few people read it and I've taken on some notes and I've had a few you know I've had enough kind of positive remarks for me to think oh maybe people would enjoy it yeah but it's kind of knowing what to do with it and knowing that you can't necessarily put all of your energies into taking this whole project from start to finish producing wise so are you thinking that maybe maybe you'd like to be in i mean you want it to be produced you, you don't you don't want to produce it yourself do you no okay. i don't think so no so i mean i suppose i suppose for something like that my my initial thought would be you should you should you should be speaking to other writers of that genre if it's if it's a christmas piece mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of very successful jobbing writers who write pantomimes for example but they also write kids so so what what's uh, what happens now is a theater will have a christmas show but they will also have another show either a a uh, little kiddies show you know so a kind of uh, tiger who came to tea type thing mm -hmm. you know something for another type of audience and so the, the first place i would be looking so in northampton is a good example they will have a panto on in their in the Derngate, which is the big theater but they'll do a different show in the royal which is a 300 450 seat theater mm -hmm. and it and it can't be a panto but it's good if it's a Christmassy type show. Yeah. So, you know, Leicester Curve is the same. It's got a big, big theatre and a little studio or a, a small air studio. And almost all the regional reps have these, have that set up. And they're always, they will always be looking for something alternative to put in to their smaller space at, 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 at Christmas. And, you know, whether that's the, the lifer or not, they all have people that read plays and they're, they're paid to consider work and to, mm -hmm. you know, they, they all have to come up with the next best idea. Um, and if, and if do you mean, Ian, to write directly to the theatre themselves? Because ex you're exactly in the right ballpark in terms of it's kind of that studio space alongside a panto, yeah. you know, a panto alternative. It's exactly that. Yeah. But would you suggest that you write specifically to the theatre themselves or you'd need to have someone yeah. behind you before they'd be willing to... Write, write to them yourselves. Pick up the phone somebody. To the actual theatre, though, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so within all these theatres, and I would be going to the... What are classed as the... So there's a... There's, 
we have all these sort of categories of theatre. It's all very boring, but there's what's called the Big Ten. It's now, I think it's the Big 12 or the Big 13. And they are English and Welsh theatres who receive more than a million pounds from the Arts Council. And so they include Perth, Birmingham, um, Northampton. Uh, you can find out who these uh -huh. theatres are, but they all, most all, Sheffield, um, uh, I can't remember. If you get my details off Charlie, I'll, I'll, I'll send me an email. I'll, t I'll write. I'll tell you what the big thirteen are, the big twelve are. I'll oh, give thank you a list. But they all have producers, and they all have assistant producers, and they all have people who want to take something to the next artistic team meeting to say, "Well, I've found this thing." Mm -hmm. And if you can get to the, if you get right in the, the right sort of place there, you mean try them all, find out who these people are. West Yorkshire Playhouse, it, now it's called uh, York, what's it called now? Yorkshire, York, Leeds Playhouse. It's now oh, called it? okay. Leeds. <laughs> Playhouse. Um, Newcastle, uh, Northern Stage, you know, uh, they've mm -hmm. all got, what you're looking for is, so what you're looking for is theatres that produce work, producing theatres that need, that need content, that need work and need to produce work. So the, uh, any producing theatres getting their Arts Council money because they are producing shows. Yeah. They, that's the first port of call for any writer who is starting out, I would say. And just pester them and get onto them, and then they, they you know, and, and when you've sent them the play, get in touch with them two weeks afterwards and say, "Have you had a chance to read my play?" Mm -hmm. And then get in touch with them two weeks after that and say, "Had you have have you had a chance to read my play?" Because that's what makes me. I I, I have a a really good friend, very old friend of mine, is a guy called Barney Norris, who's a who's a really talented writer. And he sends me, I spoke to him two weeks ago, and he said, oh, I'm going to send you a play. And he texted me last week, and he said, what do you think? Is it terrible? How, should I give up writing? And I said, I've not read it. And I've still not read it, and it's terrible. But he will send me another text today or tomorrow, and he'll say, how's my play? And, you know, he'll force me to read it. And that sounds terrible for me, but I will read it. You know, we do read things, but we need to be pestered to read it. You know, so you just keep, keep, keep on. You've got to keep on, people. Send mm -hmm. it to me. Send it to me, and we'll have a look. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, amazing. Thank you. Because we, I have a, a a guy that works for us a lot. Is a guy called Brad Fit, and he's a really talented man. He's a he's a great company manager. He's a he's a pantomime dean. He writes pantomimes for theatres around the country, and he's one of my oldest mates. And and he has written. In fact, when I was at Curve, um, he, he was my, I was the executive producer at Curve and he was my producer for a few years. And we had the main house and the studio and we had shows for that. And I said, let's do something for the under five. Let's do something for the real totties. And let's do it in rehearsal room two, which we'd set up as a little theatre. And, um, and I said to Brad, you can write it. And he went, oh yeah, okay, okay that's fine. So we, so we get, you know, we said, that's fine. We'll do that. And, you know, life goes on and we get to bro the brochure deadline and we're going to brochure deadlines next week. Have you, wh what's the name of your play? And he went, oh, I've not written it yet. 
<laughs> and so we so we so we named it and wrote the blurb before he even wrote the play. But he okay. it's it's called Santa's New Sleigh, and it's now done about in about three or four theatres around the country every year. Oh, brilliant! Um, so, but that's how it works, you know. Uh -huh. so, so, I mean, but you know, you well, if you send it to me, I'll send it on to Brad, and we'll speak to you about you know for what it's worth. Amazing, we're, and we're quite honest. No, that's great. Honesty, honesty is good. <laughs> I think. Well, I'm quite honest in a nice way. Fantastic. So we've got, we've got, uh, we've got. Who's? Uh, I think Simon's had his hand up for a while. So yeah, I've got, a, I've got a, I've got a, um, an order here. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Ian, and, yeah. a, and it's how I, I know we've got six minutes left, and this is. Yeah, it's okay. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. We'll get I'm just to, go to Harry. Um, can you unmute yourself, Harry? Yes, there we go. Six minutes. I was going to do a long intro to my question. Oh, no, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Um, it's good to see you, uh, Ian. And um, I like, you know, the fact that you and I are both uh, ex-central journeymen who've oh, gone around the block a few times. But I can't, so I can't resist asking about the era that is ending you know, on our watch. Um, Phantom is closed. Mamma Mia is closed. Uh, the West End is not going to ever look like it did before the the thing, and and so I, I'm just interested to hear your thoughts really about where theatre might go on the commercial on the on the West End basis. Uh, I mean, ticket prices went nuts, and I thought that was unsustainable, and and so it has proved, but from a different direction. But what the hell is it going to look like in another year or year and a half? And I know you don't know, but I'm curious to hear what you, how you yeah. feel about it. It's really interesting because we, I'm in the office today. This is the same time I've been in the office since the 9th of March. Um, and we're submitting an application to the Arts Council, and it's going to be submitted by midday tomorrow for the uh, Cultural Recovery Fund, for which... £500,000 has become made available uh, and we're going to apply for some of it um, and it's a fucking nightmare if I'm honest it, it just the you know uh, it, it's it's one of the reasons I left Curve to be honest because uh, it's it's so there's so many anomalies within the application process but one of these things is that uh, you know wh what are you going to do and you know what the the, everybody's because we're in such a changing world we don't know what, the government have sort of opened theatres but the theatre owners haven't opened theatres so we can't say to the Arts Council for example we are going to produce a show and put it on in a theatre because none of the theatres that we put shows on in which is in any theatre in the world have said, you can come and do a show here. None of them have said that yet. So uh, that's one thing. The other thing is that uh, we, we are a really robust company. And the reason we're robust is because people trust us and we've been here for a long time and we've got good shows and we're good at our jobs. Um, and, and we are... We're, you know, we're we're sort of terrified about what's how long this is going to go on. 
but what we're really excited about is what happens afterwards. And I think that there's a real opportunity for it to get really back to, you know, for the, for the rules to be invented again. Because we, we can't, you know, we, we've, we've been producing shows in the West End for 37 years and we can't get a West End theatre. We just can't get one. You know, up, up until lockdown, we, if we wanted a West End theatre, we can't get one. There's queues, you know, there's queues of shows waiting to get into theatres, uh, you know, or, anyway. And, and we, you know, one of the things we're very proud of is that, so for example, the la you know, our average ticket price or our average, our average amount we take uh, uh, for the women in black in the West End is £29 a ticket. Now, you can buy a ticket for £75, but but the average price paid is twenty nine pounds, so it's completely accessible. The average price paid on the last tour of the inspector calls was nine twenty one twenty two or something like that. So you know we're selling tickets at twelve pounds to some people. We're selling also selling tickets for fifty pounds if people will pay it. But it, it, the thing that they've been driving me slightly mad is it, you know. I won't even mention Hamilton, well, I just did. But Dear Evan Hansen, which is, which is the absolute, it's completely aimed at my daughter, who's 15. And she would love that show. She can't buy a ticket for less than 70 quid for Dear Evan Hansen, which is a six-hander. It's fucking mental. You know, and what, why? Why, you know, people don't need to make that much money. You know, if you're making that much, you know, the, and also you hear the figures, oh, well, yeah, that it's going to take them a year and a, a year and a half to recoup. It's that's complete bollocks. It's a cast of six, and it's a band of ten, and you know, we do the we we put inspector calls on in the West End, and we recouped in eight weeks, nine weeks, and that's a cast of, you know, we've got seven, we've no musicians, but it's not that much more expensive. You know, do you, I mean what. What are people? Why are? Why is it costing? Why is that happening? I don't understand, and that's what I, and it's what I do, and uh, I, I think it's got to come back down. And I think that I think, I, I mean, I hope, I really hope it will, um, but of course, what, there is a risk that with social distancing, people will be saying, "Oh well, you know, we we can't do a show unless we charge two hundred pounds a ticket," and you know, for certain shows, people are going to pay that. So. Who knows? I mean, at the at the other end, I hope it's a bit it's a better, more accessible world. But there is a risk of it becoming less accessible, and and that would be a re that that would be the. I mean, apart from apart from the the forgotten freelancers and actors, uh, who you know. And the forgotten industry, to be honest, you know, the fact that, you know, nobody, we can't operate, but we can't furlough staff after October. Uh, you know, there's going to be so many people, including all of you lot, but there's going to be so many administrators and there's so many people who are going to be out of work and going to be really struggling. That's a disaster. Uh, let's hope to God something good comes out of it, and and you know we're that's sort of what we say to the arts council that you know we are robust, we are a good lot of people, 
and we want to we want we need them to give us some money so that we can so, as soon as we can get back up to 180 freelancers on our on our payroll as soon as we possibly can you know mm -hmm. look I, i'm fine to go for another 10 minutes or so charlie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um simon Hi, Ian. Hi, uh, nice, nice to meet you. I'm an actor. Thanks so much for doing this. And my apologies for being a bit late and I had Zoom trouble. Um, but um, I just wanted to ask you, Ian, I, I'm quite surprised to hear you say how few contacts you have from actors. I mean, I've been to a few of these workshops and of course, if ever Charlie or anyone like that announces the arrival of a casting director, you can imagine the thing is full. Yeah, yeah. Do, I, do you think it would be a healthier shift in perception if actors generally contacted producers with the same degree of enthusiasm and desperation sometimes with which they contact casting directors? Um, I, I, I don't think it would, I don't think it would uh, do any harm. Mm. I, I think you'd get, you know, I, I think a lot of producers will just go, you know, I, mm. I, the thing about producers, there's a sort of distinction between a company like us and somebody like, um, uh, I, and th th this is no, this, one of our, our biggest clients, one of the people we do a lot of work for is, is Carl Siddo, and he produces about as much work as we do, mm -hmm. and he's a one-man band. I wouldn't say there's much point in writing to someone like Carl because Carl doesn't have a team. Mm. You know, Carl, if Carl does a show, he hires us and we manage mm. it. Um, so, so I, I think it would it would help to do a bit of research as to who the general managers are. You know, who who has who's doing whose work. I suppose yeah. it's important. Yeah. We do a lot of people's work. Um, or we, tr we try to do a lot of people's work. But um, certainly some producers, it's really worth writing. You know, a company like um, Playful Productions, who produce and general manage, be worth writing to them and get in touch directly with them. You know, they will probably have somebody in their office who specifically deals with casting. Yeah. Um, Did you say Playful Productions? Yeah. Yeah. So they're a big, so a big, big noise. And definitely I'd write to Cameron. Um, yeah. Although he has a casting director, I think, doesn't he? And and certainly I'd write to... Sonia Friedman, people like that. She's an honest employer of artists, I would yep. say. Right. So, I mean, we are as well. We, you know, we, we all we want is actors to say, oh, yeah, they're a really good producer. They're great. They're really nice to their actors. And I'm sure that there's, you know, as many actors as say that, there's as many that say, oh, yeah, they're a bunch of anchors. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I would write to, write to anybody who is actively producing and is actively managing their own yeah. work. Perfect. Uh, Isabella. Hi. Hello, Ian. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, again, thanks for doing this. Um, just a wee one. I've, um, I've only kind of done a wee bit of producing. It was for a short film that I did a couple of years ago in uh, Edinburgh. So with that, I know that, and that was a wee job, so I can imagine your job is... Uh, 110 times more difficult than that but I just wondered what's your favorite part of producing what 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 do you most love about about producing the job um 
Well, I mean, we were on a really good run at the beginning of the year. I was in, I was in California twice. I was in New York. This year, I've been in New York, California, Berlin. Where else? You know, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. Going around the world and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, the 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 the. The real, the real satisfaction is seeing a thing on stage, and that you've you've worked for years to get there, and people enjoying it. You know, that's the that's the best bit. And um, I, I, you know, there's a certain satisfaction in in developing a piece of work. You know, the the, the work, the, the pieces of work that I've been most uh, pleased with have been Jerry Spring of the Opera is one. This is Kaylee that we did in Edinburgh was another um uh I, I, you know th these these are pieces of these are shows that you've really really had to invest a lot a lot of time and effort and emotion I suppose and you see it and you go oh, that is just the best thing I've ever seen and I'm involved in it. So that, that's the, you know, that's the great satisfaction. But look, I mean, the, 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 in general terms, the best thing about my job is the industry I work in. I love the industry. All my friends pretty much are in the industry. It's a great eclectic world to be in. Um, and we are doing good just now. So that's nice as, you know, we were doing certainly up until March the 12th. Um, and I, I, there is a certain satisfaction, I suppose, in terms of actually producing. There's a certain, there's a certain uh, satisfaction in experience, you know, in the experience I've had in my life and the things I know. Um, it, it, it becomes easier the longer you do it, and the more you do it, you 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 get better at at. at uh, seeing a problem before it happens, I suppose, and and I think that's a skill you, you develop over time. Um, and, and then you know it's the people, the people you trust, the people you get to meet, and you know you know the, the people you know are going to be honest about facts or about art. You know, people that are able to say to you, actually, that bit's pretty shit. <sighs> We should change it. That's really important, you know, to have all of that. It, and it's about getting people around you. And yeah, it's, it, it's um, I guess, has that answered your question? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's known that producing is uh, a very, very difficult job, but obviously, yeah, it's, it's always great to know what. Sometimes it's much easier. It's, really, <laughs> it's really easy if you've got a brilliant show and it sells loads of tickets. Yeah, but probably super stressful as well on the lead up. <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much. You're welcome. Run at it, shouting! Do as he says, run at it, shouting. Ah.